right, good evening and welcome back to the Dunnigan Mott Music and Movie Podcast. I am Deb Dunnigan, and here with me, as always, is Mr. Stephen Mott. How you doing, Stephen? Good, Brother Z. All righty. Well, we are back today, this time, to do a album retrospective. I've done on my channel, I've done a retrospective of a series, a movie series, actually minus the first movie, but um, <clears throat> today we're going to be talking about the albums of Eric Clapton, so we're going to focus solely on his solo output from the early 70s up through now, and um, I've got all of, his, all of his albums pulled up here pretty much, and um, Really not, we've reviewed Derek and the Dominoes on here already, so I'm not going to talk about kind of pre, pre, um, his pre-solo career or anything like that, but, um, in 1970, Eric Clapton puts out his very first solo album, and, um, this is an album I actually don't know really well. Um, I know some tracks on it. <clears throat> because they're live staples, but um, for the most part, I don't know this album. I mean, the tracks on here that I do know, of course, is After Midnight, um, Blues Power, I've heard. Um, I believe I've heard Bottle of Red Wine, and I've heard Let It Rain. Everything else on that album, I do not know. So, um, what about you, Steven? Your thoughts on Clapton's very first, his debut solo album? <clears throat> well, I have listened to it once all the way through. And uh, it has Delaney and Body written all over it. Yeah. Um, really, especially with the tracks that are kind of more unknown, uh, like stuff like Slunky and um, the blues tracks off of this one. Um, yeah, this one, it had a, and also there was one acoustic track uh, that was that was real good by him on this, on this particular album. It was, uh, can't even remember what it's called to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, it's I like that one a lot. It's got like two guitar tracks on it. Um, and other than that, it just kind of has uh, the Laney and Body feel to it. A lot of a lot of horn work in it. Yeah. Um, and pretty much that's all I got to say. Um, to tell you the truth, it's not my favorite as as, as far as the whole album is concerned because. Uh, it's, it, the style doesn't really fit Clapton that much. That kind of horn, it's kind of horn based. The stuff that that they kind of wrote for the album, besides "Let It Rain" and all the all the main stuff, like he said earlier, uh, and "After Midnight." Uh, the other stuff, I'm not really a huge fan of. I don't know about you. Well, you you said you had heard this in its entirety, right? Yeah, not much, but I have heard it once all the way through. Yeah. Okay, because I missed that part. I, I was coughing. But, um, yeah, um, this is one of them, like, like you said. I, I've heard, I do remember Slunky, I, I believe is what it was. I remember that and had a lot of horns in it. I think I, yeah, I've heard part of that before. And I, I've heard, I think I've also heard the track Easy Now, if I'm not bad, badly mistaken. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, the, the, the acoustic track, yeah. Yeah, but, um. Other than that, I do see in the credits here on I'm I'm on Wikipedia looking his albums up, so um that's my biggest source I guess you could say, but um even though it's not a very truthful source sometimes, but um I mean the track it says on here told you for the last time that actually said it was written by Bramlett and Steve Cropper, so um <clears throat> that's interesting for Steve Cropper to have a credit on that. Very much, yeah. But uh, and it's one of those like we talked about the Derek the Dominoes thing. There was a lot of different um, versions. There's been a bunch of different stuff. I think there, there's like a Bramblet release or something like that. And there's like the Tom Dowd version. Then there's a Clapton version. And yeah, of all the of all the songs, I've, well, yeah. not all of it's been released, but I know of, of Late Rain. There's been Eric Clapton version, and this is just of the mixes. And I, to tell you the truth, I, I can't tell the difference between them, except for on Clapton's version, which was released 
as part of uh, his Life in 12 Bars thing, sound, yeah. uh, soundtrack. Um, the, the start of it was different because it, it it included sort of a different intro, and that's the only thing, that's the only difference I can tell between them. Yeah, what, what track was this? Uh, this was Let It Rain. Okay, Let It Rain. And, um, yeah, I also, if I recall right on the Crossroads box set, there was a, there's a weird version of After Midnight, too, that has horns in it. Oh, I've never heard that one before. I believe so. I believe it's on the Crossroads box set. Um, this is going to be weird reviewing all these albums because uh, um, there, there's a lot of live albums I want to talk about, too, and... Um, we may miss some of them, but uh, I'm going to try to get most of them in here. But um, <clears throat> the next track, I mean the next track, the next album that he released, solo album. Um, well, before that, let's talk about um, one of your personal favorites. And this is a live album. Um, Eric Clapton's Rainbow Concert, his first live album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one, this one was definitely one of, one of my favorites. Probably my favorite uh, live album. Probably, probably um, my second would be one more from the road, but that's beside the point. But uh, I think the Rainbow concert. It, it I've done a review on it before, but um, I kind of talked about how it was an eight-piece band with that and all, and it it included from this from the first <clears throat> solo album. It was. Let It Rain, um, After Midnight from that one, Bottle of Red Wine was on it. So so about three or four tracks from that one. And also Blues Power. So that one was on there too. It was four from that, that first album. You could tell that he, he wasn't he wasn't very musically or any kind of active between, you know, that the two albums, if you know what I'm saying. They, he didn't have anything else going really. I, I, he was pretty down and out before the Rainbow concert was released or even done, I should say. Well, um, I mean, I've never heard it in its entirety. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say I I kind of elevate more toward the late 70s and 80s and 90s and, of course, re more recent stuff with Clapton. But um, cause, So I don't know a lot of those early 70s albums. Of course, I know like Derek and Dominoes and stuff, but that's that's besides the point with that. But um, I mean, before this, he had done Derek and Dominoes, and then took a, he had took a long break in between. He had had a heroin at uh, he was a heroin addict, and um, I mean, right the Rainbow concert. I, I like I said, I've never heard in its entirety. I remember the first time I ever heard anything off of it. I thought it was extremely sloppy. But listening to it now, I, I've grown to like it quite a bit from the tracks I've heard off of it. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say when it comes to this one. And then we move to his um, next studio album in 1974, July of 1974. He releases 461 Ocean Boulevard. This is one of his more well-known albums um it's got of course on here his cover of the bob molly track i shot the sheriff it's also got um uh, motherless motherless children which was kind of a somewhat staple by clapton throughout his career um willie and the hand jive gimme strength's a very good song um get ready's okay um of course i shot the sheriff's a very cool version um let It Grows Cool, um, Steady Rolling Man's a very good track, Mainline Florida's very good. Um, the other two tracks, I Can't Hold Out, Please Be With Me, I don't remember. So um, if that says anything, um, the original compact disc, um, actually uh, when, it was first, when, the, when it was first released on CD it included the track Better Make It Through the Day which is a song we'll probably talk about here soon but um yeah um your thoughts on 461 Ocean Boulevard 
Uh, well, uh, I heard it was it was recorded, obviously, in uh, Florida, right? Yeah, Tulsa sound. Ex- extremely much Tulsa sound. <laughs> yeah, and uh, overall, I think it's it's kind of it seems like the stuff was was written at different times for the songs that were written for it. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of a diverse album, in my opinion. Uh, not as far as the sound, but as far as the, the songs themselves on it. In uh, the live setting, the songs, these songs would never be really played together if it was a live setting because they don't really fit together. Uh, if it was live, if, if you know what I'm saying. But yeah, it, 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 like it goes kind of from an acoustic track to, to a cover of, uh, you know, I shot the sheriff, and then, uh, then it goes to kind of a more rock feel with, uh, or more like kind of bluesy feel, in my opinion, with, with, uh, you know, the slide and stuff and all in it. And I think, I think overall, it's 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 a decent album, but it kind of it kind of has a little bit flaws, in my opinion. But also, when you talked about, uh, please be with me. That was one that was made popular mainly because Dwayne Allman played on it. Not this, he didn't play on this version, but he played on the, the original version of this song. Uh, that was pretty much what made it the most popular was because Dwayne Allman played slide on it. And, and Eric kind of emulates that, the slide parts on this on this album. Okay, but um, like I said, I've heard this album a couple of times. On Willie and the Handjob and Get Ready, it, it, it was kind of a thing. I, I talked about the Derek the Domino's episode on one of the tracks. I didn't like his voice in particularly that much. That's th- Those two are another one. He kind of has this kind of more high-pitched kind of... I don't know how to really explain it. Um, it's been explained before as, as kind of his woman tone, I guess is what you could say. But um, He said that himself. He's... He said uh, his his first with his first. Well, he said that about his first solo album that his voice was very high pitched on it. He doesn't like his voice like that. He he likes his voice. You know, he wants his voice to sound like a black man from Mississippi, is the way he described it. Yeah, more gravelly and like an old man is what he said. <laughs> yeah, but um, which obviously. Obviously, with from the cradle, which we're going to probably get to later, uh, he proved that he can have that voice if he wants to. Yeah, but um, I mean, overall, I think um, I think um, <clears throat> the track is pretty. I mean, the album is pretty good. Um, I mean, it doesn't blow me away in particular, but um, or in particular however you pronounce that word man my grammar's terrible but um then we move to the next track and this album is one i mean 461 is more is a more well-known album and it, it, of course it was kind of clapped and bouncing back from his heroin addiction and everything else <clears throat> but um this album to me is probably his least um his least known album because there's no really well-known out songs on this album i know a few of them there's a few well-known songs on this album and going back to um 461 real quick before we get into this but um there's an extended version of i shot the sheriff on the life in 12 bars um life in 12 bars um soundtrack and i think that's just uh does it have a solo in it or something? Or something like that? <clears throat> uh, which one? The Let It Rain? No, the I Shot the Sheriff. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I remember you telling me about it first because you're the one who, who put me on to listening to it. And I looked it up and uh, no, it doesn't have a, it doesn't really have a solo per se. It just, it's longer. It's just, it's just stretched out like a whole minute or two more. And I can see why they cut that part out because it's—I don't know if it's faded out or in the original. I mean, on the actual album track or not. I think it is faded out. It is. It's faded out. Yeah. yeah because it's all it is is just two more minutes of the same thing of more. I shot the sheriff groove. Which it's not—it's not them singing it. It's just 
you know, them playing the main chorus part over and over. You know? Yeah. It's one of those things where if you ever wonder what goes on after they fade something out, that's probably what it amounts to, just them playing yeah. the same thing over and over, you know. Just just to experiment and see what happens, you know. But um, going on now, yeah, it was probably more of kind of an impromptu type jam or something like that. And they just cut that part out because it really was just an extension of what was already going on. But um, then we get into the one. This is one that I've never heard in its entirety. <clears throat> and uh, like I said, I like I said earlier, I elevate more towards the late seven, mid to late seventies, and the more kind of when Clapton started to kind of hit it off as far as album sales went. But um. This is one that I don't know many tracks from. I know a few tracks, and I, I, I've heard of one on here. But um, there's one in every crowd released in 1975. Um, this is one. It's, um, from what I understand, basically, it trying to be 461 Ocean Boulevard again. Um, the one track I know off this album, well, a couple, I know two tracks off this album. Um, Swing Low Sweet Chariot, which is a traditional gospel song. I knew that. Um, and um, the sky, his cover of The Sky is Crying, I knew. And those two, I like those quite a bit. I think the Swing Low Sweet Chariot version is more kind of a reggae version. And I've heard the track, um, of course, Better Make It Through the Day, I remember from the original CD version of 461 Ocean Boulevard. And that had to be the case where that song was recorded during the sessions of that album or something like that. But um, I, I heard of the track High, I believe. And um, that's pretty much all. I think I remember the song Singing the Blues, I believe. And we've been told G Jesus is coming soon. Um, I believe I remember those, but um, as far as that, I don't remember a whole lot. I don't know a whole lot of this album. Like I said, I've never heard it in its entirety. But, um, yeah, now to you, Stephen. There's one in every crowd. Well, I'm, I'm kind of like you on this one. Um, I really haven't heard it in its entirety. I've heard bits and pieces off of it. Um, I think I think it's overall uh, just kind of a just a kind of a more cover album, so to speak. Yeah. Um, looking at the tracks, well, I'm not looking at them, but just thinking about the things that he did on that, uh, just it kind of seemed like it was it was different versions of things and all. But I, you could tell he wasn't really at his best or at his peak performance type at this time. You know, during this yeah. era. Um, it's a decent album, I believe. Uh, in my opinion, it's for what it is. Uh, kind of, kind of, just kind of trying to stay afloat, I guess. For him, uh, is what I think it really was. Uh, I don't know how much he wrote for this album. It didn't seem like he wrote a lot for it, like some a lot of the other albums he's done. There, to me, there really isn't like a standout track, like a like a hit real big hit off of it like a lot of his albums were to kind of set it off so it really didn't come over as well as the other ones really all of the other albums did yeah like yeah. the first solo album had let it rain and uh, after midnight those were those two alone were really big hit you know so on the charts and all so really, all of the other albums pretty much maybe with the exception of another album that we're probably going to get to soon but uh, i guess that's all that i've got to say about the album as a whole brother but i do i do like the swing low sweet chariot that's that's a that's a real good version of that i've always liked that yeah but um then we moved to his second live album this was released i believe in august of 75 yeah and um a very um very short album one it, it, it's a short I think yeah six tracks um the track the album EC was here um this out al this album is a very good live album I featured a ver version of one of the songs on my um 
I uh, well the first episode uh, from my my picks on the first episode of the Dunnigan Mott Music Movie Podcast. But um, from looking at it, I mean, it's got Have You Ever Loved a Woman, Presence of the Lord, Drifting Blues, Can't Find My Way Home, Rambling on My Mind, and Further On Up the Road. And then there's some there's an extended version, it supposedly says, on this big box set from the 1974-75 recordings, as well as, like, some of the tracks ended up on um, the Crossroads 2 box set. So, um, I like... I've heard this track, this album, I don't think I've heard it in its entirety, but I've heard, um, I've heard parts of it, and, um, as far as that, um, you take it, Stephen, and before you do, I'll be right back, so you continue to talk about it. Alright, so, so what I thought about this one is, it's just got a, it's got a lot of jamming on it, per se, it's, it's just uh it's not a very long album uh it's, it's got a lot of got a track it's, it's it's got about what six or seven tracks i think and it's just very long versions of things that of, of live staples that he does if you look at later live uh settings he just he does these same songs pretty much uh, have you ever loved a woman has been done over and over throughout his whole career uh Pretty much this this whole album is just like stuff that is just jammed on, and it's pretty much more to, to, to show to show him off as far as his playing and the band and um, and the the blues stuff that he does. A lot of blues on the album. Kind of kind of reminds me of a lot of his live shows. You could probably take a live show from any point in his career and uh, take take some select songs off of it and you probably have the same type of stuff from any point in his career pretty much because uh, he does he does his selection of blues at every live setting I know this wasn't from the same concert but you know it's just it was probably taken from a set of concerts kind of like 24 nights was uh, it was it was I guess uh Overall, I think it's, it's just a pretty much uh, jam type of album and uh, pretty much to show off the band and what I think it is. Yeah. And also, going back real quick before we move on to There's One in Every Crowd, the original title of that album I was just reading, originally Clapton wanted the album to be called World's Greatest Guitar Player and then in parentheses, There's One in Every Crowd. But the record label didn't like that, so um, it was changed to just simply "There's One in Every Crowd." So, um, yeah, uh, my final thoughts on EC was here. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I've not heard it in its entirety. I've heard tracks, like you said. It's to me, I'm like you. I mean, I think it's kind of more of a jam type album, and um, not a whole lot of newer material on there live. I mean, he, he was performing a lot of different other material at the time. So, um, and I, and was, um, the track Smile on There's One in Every Crowd? Um, no, I think that might have been on the solo. I'm not sure about that, though. I can't remember that either, but I, I do remember that track. But, um, then we go to the 1976 album, and this is where <clears throat> things start to pick up as far as albums go, at least for me. This is where I start kind of digging a lot of his stuff because this is kind of where he gets more kind of southern, I guess is what you could say. Because he at around this point, his big influence was the country music artist Don Williams, and so a lot of his music started to kind of invoke that in a way. And and but this album itself kind of has a mixture of that as well. And I don't know if this was right at the time he he was very much influenced from um, Don Williams or not. I do know the next two albums were, but um, this album has a huge influence from Bob Dylan, who I believe was involved with some of the songwriting on this album. So um, I, I, I've heard this album in its entirety and really enjoyed it. Um, sign language, I, I know a lot. Um, County Jail Blues is a really cool song. Um, Hello, Old Friend, of course, is one of the more well-known songs. Um, Double Trouble, Black Summer Rain's cool. 
Um, the rest of the album I've heard, <clears throat> all our pastimes was kind of a staple for him there, um, especially on the tours after this album. But um, the other tracks on this album I've heard and really liked, but I don't particularly remember them. Um, there's a bonus track called Last Night from this album. But um, yeah, this is at the point where I kind of start, I'm kind of starting to get more into the Clapton discography at this point in his um, kind of career. But um, what's your thoughts on this album, Steve? Um, did you mention what the album's called? Uh, I don't think I did. <laughs> um, this album, if you don't know, this is called No Reason to Cry. This was released in 1976. So, um, what's your thoughts on this album, Stephen? Man, that was a big mess up. Uh, well, I, I, I like the, the album as a whole. I like all the songs on it. Um, probably a lot more of, of uh, Clapton's writing displayed on, on this album. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Black Summer Rain, I've always particularly liked that one. Uh, All Our Pastimes, which is which is also on uh, a live album that's that's very uh, popular that we're, we're probably going to get to. Uh, oh, yeah, that'll be a pretty long conversation. There. Oh, yes. Um, and also, uh, the whole album is just, like you said, it's, it's uh, somewhat country-based are um you know inspired um what year did you say it was brother 1976 okay yeah that that would make sense because the next year 77 is when slow handed and you can definitely hear the country in that one but on this yeah. one uh it's a little bit still kind of rock bluesy uh like you said there's is there there's some blue co blues covers on this one right yeah, um, County Jail Blues was one. Um, Double Trouble, there's a and Double Trouble, of course, when it's played live, it's extended out a whole lot. Yeah, that's that's one of those that seems a little bit like filler to me. Uh, that they just didn't he didn't have anything else to put on there, so he just did a, a one from his live selection that they do a lot. Double Trouble at around this time was a staple live, uh, as well as. As well as the other one too, yeah. That, those were those were definitely one that he did a lot live. And um, yeah. overall, I think it's a it's a very good album, though, brother. Yeah, and um, Double Trouble that was an Otis Rush song. So uh, yeah, and um, that's pretty much all I've got to say. Like I said, it's a pretty. I think um, Bob Dylan had a significant involvement with some of the songwriting. I think he appears on the album as well. But um, then we get into one. This is, I think, where Clapton's sales for albums really picked up. And um, compared to the previous album I'm seeing, they only went like gold. This one went triple platinum. So this was a very, very successful album. And that is 1977's Slow Hang, um, his fifth solo album. And is probably his most well-known album. I don't think it's his best album, but um, I think it's um one of it's, it's probably his most well-known album. It's got probably his most well-known songs on this album, and, or some of his most well-known songs. This was uh, produced by Glenn Johns, who would produce for the next album. And then all the way years later, he produced another album that we'll get to here in a few minutes. But um, this, I mean, the track list, and this is one I pretty much know. There's a few on here I don't remember a, ho a whole lot. Um, of course, Cocaine, Wonderful Tonight, Lay Down Sally. I know those. Um, next time you see her, I, I know. And I, I went on and said that I didn't like that song years ago. I had a pretty significant hate for that song. I don't hate that song quite as much as I did back then. Um, I actually kind of like it now. It's a kind of a we it's a weird subject. I mean, some of the lyrics are a little bit weird. Like next time you see her, boy, boy you better beware or something like that. It, it's got some interesting lyrics. But um, I mean, we're all the way was a Don Williams cover. I think I remember that. One. I think it was more of a slower song. Um, the core is really good. That's an eight-minute song, eight-minute, 45-second, according to the one I'm looking at. 
The core really good sight was a duet between Clapton and Marcy Levy. May you never, I don't, I think I remember, and Mino Frisco, I do not remember. But um, the last track on here, Peaches and Diesel, I, I, I think it's a beautiful song. It's one of the few Clapton instrumental, and I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful song. And um, of course, um, there's several tracks that were. Um, recorded that never made the album I think there's a version of Before You Accuse Me that didn't make it as well as Alberta didn't make this album or was just recording just never did appear anywhere there's also some live, live shows that's been released from this as well I think there's like a Hammersmith show from 77 but um this will be on um, the last album I believe to feature um I believe to feature um, Yvonne Elliman, and um, she would be she would leave after this album, I believe. But um, the one, but um, I had this album on vinyl, and I've listened to it before. And like I said, a, a lot of these albums I haven't went back and visited in a long time. But um, th now we're getting to where I know I know a lot of these albums. So um, yeah, your thoughts on Slowhand? Um. I would uh, I would say that I like this whole album overall. It's one of my favorites by Clapton. The overall sound and the production is the main thing I like about it. Um, May You Never in particular, uh, what I was getting to earlier about the country influence, that, that, has, a, that has a lot of country feel to it. Uh, and almost is a country song because, you know, of the chord progression is basically yeah. country. Uh, and just the way it's done. And then you've got, like you said, Don Williams cover, obviously country, you know, country singer Don Williams. And uh, Don Williams also did some, some cover of Clapton, but that's beside the point. Uh, the album, uh, it has it has a good, a good sound to it overall, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Produced by Glenn Johns, he said this was the first one produced by him, I believe, but not the last. Uh, uh, I think I think he's a very good producer. Anything anything that he had his hands on, he pretty much he pretty much turned to gold, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I guess that's about all to, to say about it. Uh, it has, uh, like I said before, the, the other albums kind of lacked before this. It's got it's got. Cocaine, Wonderful Tonight, uh, kind of those those two main ones that kind of set it off the big hits, uh, and then Lay Down, uh, Sally. Right, that's right, yeah. Uh, but mainly the, the staples that he done live, he doesn't really do Lay Down, Sally hardly ever live, especially in his later years. Uh, he did that probably in the seventies, but now he doesn't ever do it, so. Uh, I believe he did it at, 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 on the Crossroads uh, Crossroads uh, Festival one time with, yeah. with Vince Gill or something like that. But other than that, he doesn't really do it live. Any. Uh, and uh, like you said, Pitches and Diesel, I think that's a masterpiece there within itself. I think he, I think Clapton co-wrote that with the, the producers or something like that. But anyway, I... Uh, I think it's, I would give this album a 10 out of 10, in my opinion. Okay. And, um, I'd probably give it a, probably a 9 out of 10. I like, I like this album. I mean, there's a couple tracks, like I said, I don't remember exactly. But, um, I like this album for what it was. I mean, this was kind of Clapton getting more kind of mainstream kind of knowledge. He had already been known in the past with Cream and stuff like this stuff like that but I think this is where he kind of started crossing over into the mainstream rock and mainstream pop um, scene and stuff like that and uh, yeah Glenn John's great producer and um, he has a he has a very raw sound and um, I, li I like his production it just kind of has a kind of a very organic kind of raw sound and speaking of him, like you said, that would be his first, but not his last. And um, we go to the next album, um, Backless, released in 1978. 
Um, this was also produced by Glenn Johns. This would be his first. His this would be his last for a very long time. But um, you got tracks on um, "Walk Out in the Rain." Um, this is where we're getting into um, where I know the albums pretty pretty much all the way through. And um, this album, I know every song on here. Um, "Walk Out in the Rain's awesome. "Watch Out for Lucy" is a great track. "I'll Make Love to You Anytime" is a pretty good song. That's a J.J. Kale song. Um, roll it's pretty good tell me that you love me is really good if i don't be there by morning's really a great track and that was i believe co-written with bob dylan and um early in the morning very good song um promises great track golden rings a very good song as well as the closer tulsa time which is a cover of um which i don't, I don't think Bob, that Don Williams had had recorded Tulsa Time. Um, I believe I no, it was it was. Um, I think I'm, I can't remember, but uh, this, this was more well known by uh, Don Williams and um, Bob Dylan also co-wrote "Walk Out in the Rain." But um, like I said, um, this was a pretty big seller as well. Um. I don't know what it's certified as at this point. Um, platinum in the United States. And um, from what I can tell, did very well. It, it went number eight on the Billboard 200. So it's a, it did very well. Um, the singles from the album, um, Promises did really well. Went number nine in the U.S. Uh, Watch Out for Lucy was released as a single. It went number 40 in the U.S. And Walk Out in the Rain was released as a single. I don't think it charted. And it, those, um, Walk Out in the Rain and, and um, Watch Out for Lucy were both released in 79. And then you've got Tulsa Time, but it was not, um, it was not um, the studio version. It was the live version, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But um, I like this album. Um, now you get into it. Well, uh... This one, like you said, it was it was a good album. Uh, I've got it on CD uh, here in my room. I've listened to it quite a bit. Uh, kind of like, kind of like slow hand to me. It has a it has an overall the same sound as far as production throughout the whole yeah. song. Uh, who did you say produced it? Glenn John. It's a sister. It's the sister album, the slow hand. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would say that it has the same sort of uh, feel, uh, sort same sort of vibe to it. I like I like a lot of the songs off of this one. Like I said earlier about the other one, uh, it has a lot of it features a lot more clap writing on it as well as Bob Dylan. Uh, a very good, very good band, good instrumentation and all on it too. Uh, this this wasn't one that had a lot of. A lot of hits, singular hits on it, but it just the overall album I think has a very good spirit and uh, it just it, it seems like it, there's no really filler on it. It, it kind of like the other ones. It seems like on the other albums, it, it, it kind of before this, it's, it, it's got at least two or three blues covers and it seems sort of a lot more like filler. This one didn't seem to have any of that, in my opinion. Although it did have a blues cover on it, it just it just seemed to fit well with the whole setup, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Early in the morning, it was actually like a three-minute version on the original vinyl, and when they released it on CD, they extended it out. And that was pretty cool. It's like a seven-minute version on CD. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Um, after this album came out, he would do a tour. Um. And he would basically sack his whole band. Um, this would be the final album to feature longtime bassist um, Carl Radle, who had been with him since the, since his first album, I believe, his first solo album. And um, mm -hmm. I mean, I like Backless quite a bit. Um, like I said, and um, he's like I said, he sacked his band and put together a brand new one and um, I'll get into that band just really quick and then we'll get into the next album um, he, he then brought in a band consisting of guitarist Albert Lee and 
the keyboardist Chris Stanton, who would go on to stay with him up through now, I believe he's still with him, or at least has been kind of off and on with him here currently or recently. Um, Dave Markey on bass, and um, another drummer that's kind of played off and on with him, uh, or a drummer that's played off and on with him, um, Henry Spinetti on drums. And um, they went to Japan in 1979, and um, they put out the album in 1980. Just one night, this was a double live album. To me, probably Clapton's best live album overall. It's got a lot of his hits on the album, as well as a lot of um, a lot of um, stuff that may have not been exactly greatest hits. Uh, so he's got some covers on here as well. But um, I, I really enjoy this album. Initially, I had problems with it when I first listened to it, but now, I mean, I have no problems at all with it. I, I think it's a very good album, a very raw-produced live album and like I said it was recorded in Budokan in Japan so I mean most albums that were recorded over the, that's recorded over there are very very good um this was a very successful album overall for Clapton and um it did very well it went number two in the U in the U.S. Billboard 200 so it, it did very well and um this band would stay with them for several years and I'll Kind of talk about the downfall of the band here in a few minutes, but um, this was um, great album, and um, it, well, I think it was certified gold by the RIA. And um, you take it, Steve. And also, uh, as you told me before, a lot of people think this is uh, one of the best live albums ever. Did you, yeah. you tell me that before? Yeah. Yeah. As do and, I. Uh, we, and uh, yeah, I think. I think uh, that that one thing I would like to note is Albert Lee is uh, an exceptional guitar player. Except when he when he plays with Clapton, he plays a lot differently than he plays on his own or with anybody else. Uh, For example, if you go listen to something like uh, you know Country Country Boy, uh, you know that he wrote, he he plays he plays very fast on that one. Uh, he, he's a very technical player. Uh, yeah. Chicken picking style. He can uh-huh. he can really play, but when he plays with Clapton, he doesn't really do any of that. He, he just kind of stays more low key and in the background sort of. And every once in a while, he'll add some some uh, you know like melody notes or or a little feel here and there. But other than that, he doesn't really do a lot of lead work. He just he's he's a very good rhythm player, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean. As far as that, the band, um, I think, well, uh, Henry Spinetti, he's he's one that was also, he's, he's even now playing with Clapton. Uh, well, as far as, you know, pretty recently, about five years ago, probably the last time he kind of did stuff with him, but uh, the band was very good. Uh, that's probably what makes this whole album is, is obviously the band and all that. Uh, I guess there wasn't a lot of material as far as album-wise with this particular band set up, was there? Not, but I can I can see. I mean, now anything after this was was pretty much with a different setup completely. Especially when it when we get to stuff like Money and Cigarettes and August and all that, it's a completely different setup. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I guess I guess that's all for me on that one, brother. All right, and just to, I mean, the real quick track listening. It opens up with Tulsa Time, Early in the Morning, great version of that. Lay Down, Sally, Wonderful Night, If I Don't Be There by Morning, Worried Life Blues, All Our Past Times, which is a cool to hear that live. Um, After Midnight, Double Trouble, Setting Me Up, which was a um, Dire Straits cover, I believe, it was from their first album. Um, blues power, rambling on, rambling on my mind slash. Have you ever loved a woman? Cocaine, which is one of the more um, known songs. I think that was released as an actual single. <clears throat> Cause I believe I have uh, the old one of the old 45s, and it's I believe it's Cocaine Back Tulsa Time or something like that. 
and then uh, further on up the road ends it. And um, great, I mean, great live album. And um, like you said, the setup would definitely probably change after this. And um, basically, that's pretty much all I got. I, I thought of something else and for, you know, just forgot about it. But um, I. We might as well get into the next album. Um, let me find it here. Another ticket. Now, this is another one that I know quite well. Um, I was talking about Albert Lee. I mean, after after the initial like back um initial just one night album, him and Clapton would very much mesh together real well, and they would kind of do a lot of um a lot of um. A lot of different um, kind of more guitar duels and stuff, and um, I like that quite a bit. And that that kind of takes place more on some other albums. And Albert Lee, I actually think was in the band. I think he replaced George Terry later on on the Slow Hand tour. Cause I believe I, there's a bootleg out there that I've heard that features. It's pretty much the st- standard lineup from backlist but it's um with Albert Lee on, on guitar instead of George Terry so that's interesting and um if, if George Terry was his rhythm guitarist right oh yeah mm-hmm. okay but um but um yeah um another ticket this was released in 1981 this would be the first to feature kind of the new Clapton band. Um, I mean, it would um, feature on this album, the lineup for this would be Chris Stanton, Gary Brooker on keyboards, he was added. Um, he played in um, Proco Harem, who had produced, had came out with the song, um, Wider Shade of Pale. Um, it's got um, Dave Marquis on bass, Henry Smanetti on drums, and Albert Lee and Clapton on guitar. And um, you've got some great tracks on here. Some that I kind of consider to be maybe filler, but I still like the tracks. Um, Something Special is a really good opener, a very good song. Black Rose is kind of a more Alderman Brothers sounding song. Blow Wind Blow is a really good blues cover. Another Tickets, kind of the wonderful tonight of this album. Um, that was kind of Clapton at the time, kind of got into doing a lot of the um, a lot of the ballads for each album, sort of like a wonderful night for every album. Um, I Can't Stand It, which is a, to me, classic Clapton. The next three tracks, I think, are kind of... Um, kind of fillerish tracks, um, Hold Me Lord, Floating Bridge, and um, Catch Me If You Can. They're kind of um, fillerish tracks to me. Um, the last track, Rita May, was really good. And um, real quick, I mean, this album was recorded as um, an album called Turn Up Down, which is out there. It's a bootleg album that's been... Um, tossed around out there for a long time and um i mean great quality it was produced by glenn johns i believe so it was very much going to be a follow-up to um slow hand and um backless but um they eventually went with tom dowd and wanted some they wanted different tracks on the album and um that's pretty much all i have to say um you take it now steve now that you mentioned the turn up down yeah um that that's a very rough, uh, rough version of of kind of what what this album we're talking about. Another ticket was become. It's got Rita May on it. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff material by Gary Brooker, which I yeah. think that that would change a lot later. They didn't want as much by him. Um, Hold me, Lord. Uh, I've, I've always I've always liked that one. That, there's a version of that on the Turn Up Down also. That's that's a uh-huh. lot different with the, with the slide and all. Uh, there's some there's some great guitar work. Uh, I thought on this album, great uh, great songwriting, especially. Uh, Another ticket itself is a song was written by Clapton, I believe. Uh, 
if I'm not mistaken, that that's a that's a real good song. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of different than a lot of different stuff he does. Uh, pretty unique as far as Clapton goes. Uh, as far as the album, the other parts of the album, it, uh, it it went pretty well together. But uh, you know, none of these were really a lot of live staple things. Uh, which shows that he really wasn't the fondest of this album or anything, you know, behind this, uh, really. I think the stuff he really more liked to do live was a lot later on towards 24 Nights and, uh, you know, kind of that 90s era. He kind of leaned on stuff more like that to do live later on. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's about it for me, brother. All right, and this would be his last album for Polydor Records. So, um, I mean, after this, he would change labels. And um, before we get into the next album, um, we're going to kind of end it here where the review won't be quite as long. But um, we're, we're going to come back and we're going to do a part two to this and review his other albums after this. So this has been the first part of the Dunnigan Mott music and movie podcast Eric Clapton retrospective so I'm Devin Dunnigan and um, we will be back momentarily